The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. Hi there, I'm Rebecca Lowe. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. So Norwich fans, we bring you the confirmation. They're at the bottom of the table, 21 points, not enough games left to save yourselves. You are down. Watford, by the way, have to win each of their last four games to have a chance at survival. Everton next in the most amount of trouble, sitting in 18th on 29 points. Leeds play next against Manchester City at home. Can they get themselves a point or three? And Burnley all of a sudden, since the firing of Sean Dyche that everybody was up in arms about, are up to 16th and five points clear. Well, our commiserations to Norwich fans across the United States watching yet another relegation for their team. But we've got to talk Burnley because Burnley City and... and but with Norwich being relegated, but Burnley yeah. Yeah. have now, since, since Sean Dyche was fired, mm. lost... None, one, three, drawn one. Yeah. How's Mike Jackson done this? It's incredible, Rebecca. He has given the players a freedom, <clears throat> a confidence. The biggest thing I can say, and I watched a bit of tape of some Burnley games, they're the only team down the bottom of the league who are enjoying playing their football. And that shows. They're 1-0 down late into the game, end up winning 2-1. And as much universally and in Sean Dyche we trust, the change has been the most important thing for this football club and given them a real chance now of staying in the league. For Norwich City, they've got Dean Smith, as we talked about. They go down, they come back up with him next season for you, highly likely? Highly likely, the right man for the job if you're going to bring a team back up. But they have to decide, they've gotten comfortable being this yo-yo team, as you mentioned. If they're happy doing that, I think they'll come back up again. But if they want to stay in the Premier League, they have to spend the money and get quality players. This team just simply wasn't good enough. Are they really happy going no. up and down and up and down? I don't think you can be, Rebecca. And although it was inevitable, though we all thought uh, uh, that it was going to happen, it's devastating when it, when it comes. And those players will be absolutely gutted because your whole life changes and they've now got to get through a difficult championship season. The silver lining is they've got Dean Smith. He's done it before. We can do it with this group. Yeah, he said only this week that he has fallen in love with Norwich City. So good luck to Dean Smith and Norwich to come back next season. Dean, commiserations, a difficult day. Norwich City relegated to the Championship. Firstly, your thoughts after that, if you've even had a chance to process it yet? Well, I'm disappointed with the result, to be honest, because I thought we played well today. Um, and I've just said to the players, you know, the reason we're relegated is not because of today's performance. Um, there's been performances during the season that, where we haven't been quite up to the standard in the Premier League. But today, I thought we played well. Um, you know, I'm still scratching my head how we didn't get a penalty. Um, you know, but I said to the players, I'll take today's performance. You know, I thought we quietened the crowd down. Um, you know, and I thought we had a majority of possession. Probably weren't, we didn't create big chances enough. Uh, Pierre's had a good chance early on. Uh, but, you know, if we get the penalty, it's a different game totally. When you're talking about the penalty, you're talking about the Brandon Williams incident. Yeah, um, we had a game against Brentford a month ago, exactly the same incident. Um, I think it might, might be Matt Cash. He, tries to clear it he doesn't hit the ball because Brandon's heading it and he kicks him in the face after the ball's gone that's a penalty or it was a few weeks ago but 
you know, I suppose it's Norwich City, so I probably won't get a phone call off Mike Riley. Looking at the season as a whole, you mentioned there the fact that maybe you didn't create as many clear-cut chances. You had plenty of possession today. Has that been a problem throughout for you, creating those chances? I think that's been a problem all season. You know, I think you just look at the goals for um, tally this season and we've been very reliant on, on Timu. Um, you know, and you can't do that at this level. Um, you know, we're playing against you know a good team today and I know them very well. Um, but I think Scotland's prospects look good in the summer because I thought the three best players out there was Grant, Billy and uh, John McGinn. Looking at Norwich and the remainder of the season and looking forward, what do you now want to see happen to ensure this doesn't happen again? Because Norwich said, didn't they, they wanted this season to be different. Well, it's very difficult to to not let it happen again. We'll try all we can to, to try and come back up first. That's what we have to that, that we have to do. But it's a very difficult league to stay in. Um, you know, I spent 125 million here at Villa to keep us up. You know, um, in, our, in our first season in the Premier League, that's how tough this league is. Um, you know, but. We, you can't. Uh, we had a we had a terrible start. Obviously, two points after ten games, it's difficult then. Um, but I I can't question the attitude of the players. You know, at least um, you know today they perform really well. Is it a mentality thing as well? Do you think that these players maybe they have been relegated before some of them? No, because a lot of the players we brought some new players in who haven't. You know, it's my first time, first time as a manager getting relegated, so I don't actually know how it feels. This is the first time I felt it. Um, you know, but it's a tough league, um, and what you have to do is you have to, when you're playing against the teams that have come up like yourselves, and you know uh, teams who are, you know, similar where you feel you can get points. That's when you have to go and get the points. And you know, we've had some decisions go against us this season that you know I, I felt strongly against. But um, you know, I'm, I'm sure the PGMOL will be glad to have me out of the Premier League. For you personally, does it feel like a really cruel twist of fate that your fate was confirmed here today? No, because it didn't matter where we went down. Villa Park, Anfield, uh, Old Trafford, you know. Um, wherever we went down, it was it, it looked inevitable it was going to happen. Um, I'm just glad that the lads fought to the end today. I know it perhaps doesn't mean too much, but we saw you at the end, the whole of the Villa fans cheering your name. You did get to have that moment with the Villa fans. Yeah, and appreciative and, you know, I think appreciative that they, you know, know what we did here when we was here. And does the rebuild start now for Norwich City? You're already looking ahead to Yeah, no, listen, we started planning three months ago, you know, about where we're going pre-season, what we're doing, um, whether we, we, we stay up or go down. So um, the plans have already been in place. But we're focusing here on the title race, so it is back to as you were this morning in terms of the gap between City, who are top, and Liverpool, who are second in this two-horse title race. For our Lexus match summary, a reminder, it's crucial who each team have got for the rest of the season in all competitions. Both have got the second leg to the Champions League semi-finals. Uh, City have got uh, Leeds, of course, today, Newcastle today for Liverpool. Then it's Newcastle and Tottenham, Wolves and Aston Villa. West Ham, then Liverpool play Chelsea in the FA Cup final. Southampton in the midweek after that. It looks like it's all going to come down to Championship Sunday. Villa at home for City, Wolves at home for Liverpool. So let's take you back then and get some post-match thoughts from our commentary team on site at what was a raucous Ellen Road, despite losing by four goals to nil to Arlo White and Lee Dixon. Thanks, Rebecca. Thoughts on Jesse Marsh at the end? Astonishing. I agree with the boys, but... Having been here mm. and heard that, I've never in, in all my time watching football heard a, a team cheered like that after a 4-0 beating by anybody. They were un, unreal. And I think he's, he's looking at it going, do you know what, we need to feed off that. So normally I'd be against that going, mm. get in the dressing room, you've just got beat. But there's something different about this Leeds mm. crowd. So I, I think he's trying to use that and fair play to him. If it works, use it. There's certainly a good relationship mm. developing between him and the Leeds United yeah. crowd, isn't there? Title race. I mean, City, four goals to nil. The, the goal difference is only um, one. There's only one point between the teams as well. It's just hard to see, as Rebecca said to the guys earlier, where's Liverpool or City going to drop any points? I, I don't think they will. I think we're going to have the end of the season in that one, that one weekend. And I think it's going to be touch and go there'll be ups and downs in that in that final um, games I just think City they, they were uncomfortable in the first first half S towards the end of the first half they were uncomfortable mm. Leeds got on top and they started to a few cracks appeared but 
you just look at the the level of experience you've got in that squad and you just go you saw them just tighten their belts a little bit and just mm. go do you know what they stepped up a gear they've got gears for fun they can go to any gear they want and we saw today that they just steamrolled leads in it a very athletic aggressive leads they just steamrolled them with the quality in the second half they were superb will leads stay up I think they will, yeah. I think they've got enough from what we've seen today. I think they'll stay up. And okay. I think City will win the league. I mean, it's the greatest game in the world, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's the greatest <laughs> game in the world. What a performance yeah. by your old club. Tim, yeah. what are your emotions? Well, football fans are incredible. Uh, you know, you, you wonder why sometimes they want the players to fight and scrap. It's because... They'll get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and set off fireworks. They'll flood the streets. They'll get in. We heard Peter Drury talk about how, how electric the atmosphere was in there. They definitely won today. But I think about Everton and you, you, Pickford and Richarlison, Robbie Earl, you, you touched on them before the game. Those two players stood up to the challenge. Coleman and Gordon, two Evertonians, when the game got feisty, they were the ones in the face of Chelsea. Yerry Mina, what a performance at the back against Havertz. I just, overall, great game plan by Frank Lampard. He has to take a ton of credit for this. And Robbie, yeah. we've watched football forever. You've mm. played it mm. longer than I've watched it. Mm. I'm not sure I've ever seen scenes like no. that no. post-game no. at a match it's the size of the club. Yeah, it's the yeah. size of Everton. It's gonna. It feels like could get them over the line. Absolutely. You you asked the question at the end there. How big would it be if Everton go down? That's how big. Chelsea didn't come today with a chance because I'll tell you why. They played forty thousand plus plus eleven. Every person in blue today played a part in that result. There was a guy who hides the ball with minutes on the clock, so he thinks he's helping his team. These fans with flares welcoming a team who are bottom three, who've been in terrible form. Uh, credit to Frank, credit to the team, but bigger credit to Everton and Goodison Park. That's why it will have to be part of the Premier League, and that's why these fans will not let this football club go down. And surely the man of the match has to be Jordan Pickford. I mean, very rarely do you see, Tim Howard, a sequence like this. Talk us through it. Well, I mean, just watching this goalkeeper off the post twice and then it's just a mad scramble. You train for this. You hope that you get one of these a season. And you can see here, just off the post, he's at full stretch there. He has no business getting himself back across. But the England Everton number one does. And then from the ensuing corner, Chelsea think they have it. They should score here. I mean, you talk about giving everything. Watch his face and his neck snap back. I mean, it, he just gives absolutely everything, and his emotion is raw and it's real. And then again, just his ability to perform at this level, if there's ever questions about him, they were answered today. This is just another really good save. He had to get down sharp and low. Kovacic just thinks he has him at the near post. A man of the match. Look at that emotion. He shared all of it with the fans. Seamus, that must feel like such a hugely significant win on so many levels. Yeah, listen, like we talked about before the game, you know, the results yesterday pulled them away a little bit from us. And, you know, I'm sure not many give us a chance for today's game. But um, we believed and, uh, you know, I think players say it all the time, but the, the reception that we came into, we couldn't get too carried away with it before the game because we had to focus. But, you know, that, this football club means everything to them fans and we had to replicate that today. But our goal, like I said, against Man United, it's only three points and we're, we're still in a massive scrap. Jordan, I suppose my first question to you is, how's your face doing? Yeah, not too bad. I've had worse than that before. So, no, yeah, it's what I'm there for. I need to make saves for the team and it's a team effort at the end of the day and it's all about getting three points for us as players, as a club and the fans, you know what I mean? It was a team performance, but that second 45, will that go down as perhaps your biggest second half of football in your club career? Is it up there? Yeah, I really enjoyed it, but that's what I'm there to do, help the team, everyone helps each other. Um, but it's about enjoying that today, but not get too carried away. We've got to refocus for next week and um, we'll just keep fighting. The fans have played a massive part today, so it's about us going again. As a defensive unit, you must be delighted, but what do you make of his contribution today? Oh, listen, uh, to be honest, uh, that save that he's came back off the line and parried out was world-class. and We see that from Jordan on a, on a daily basis in training, and um, there's a reason why he's England's number one as well, and I think we've seen that today, because without Jordan, we wouldn't have won the game, and all credit to him, but 
we'll be focused, we'll go again. We don't get carried away with this result whatsoever, but some of the saves were, were world class. The breakthrough came at the other end of the pitch, Richarlison. Just how satisfying was that with the d discipline that you showed in that first half when Chelsea had so much of the ball? Yeah, exactly. Um, the manager spoke at half-time and he said to Richarlison, keep doing that work, working hard like he did. He said your chance will come and he's took the first minute after half-time. So that just shows working hard as a team is an individual, you know, you, you'll get rewards. You've already touched on it already. Is there a feeling in this dressing room that what the fans have done today over the last 24 hours preparing for this game, it has had a direct impact on this result? I'll be honest, um, I've been here I've been here a long time and uh, listen, I've never been in this situation before but I've also never kind of felt what I've felt coming into the stadium today. Um, the flares, the the genuine passion and, and the, the like grown men's face when they were singing Everton songs, you know, if that doesn't touch something with you as players, then you may as well hang up the boots. So we definitely got, you know, an extra few percent going into that game and we done to be honest, we've done that for them today because we know how, how they're hurting. But again, we've got to keep going and we've got to keep battling. Uh, well said, Seamus Coleman. We'll ask Tim all about his old uh, captain shortly. But I just want to bring you into the run-ins, OK? So yeah. we think it's going to be one of these three. Burnley, who have the, well, they have the their tailwind, don't they? Leeds and Everton. So Burnley have got Villa, Tottenham. Villa again, because it's a rearranged game. And then Newcastle. Leeds have got Arsenal and Chelsea. Yuck. Then mm -hmm. Brighton and Brentford. And Everton have that game in hand. They've got Leicester, Watford, Brentford, Palace, Arsenal, Robbie Earl. Pick me the relegated team. The dressing room I prefer to be at would be Burnley. The team with it all on could well be Leeds United. Ooh. Could well be Can Leeds Can you United believe we're better. saying that? Arsenal and Chelsea, the next two games, it's hard to see them mm. having any points. They'll go into a Brighton game. Brighton will have possession if they don't score goals, which gives you nerves. And then the last game of the season, the Brentford team that are playing with real freedom. It's a worry. Tim, give me your relegated team and why. I actually can't believe I'm saying it. I think Leeds will enter the last day of the season in the bottom three, and it's going to be really difficult for them to get out of it. I mean, that, the graphic there, I think Burnley can get something from Villa, won't get anything at Tottenham, uh, can get something from Villa and, and Newcastle. Everton have a really nice run in there for them. Watford, Brentford, Palace, surely the way they're playing, even Leicester next, next week, they, surely they think they'll pick up results there. As Robbie just said, I don't think Leeds get anything from Arsenal. I don't think they get anything from Chelsea. Brighton's a toss-up, and then they go into the last day in the bottom three. So Leeds spent 16 years waiting oh, to get oh, back into the big time. Don't. The man who finally turned up, who's going to have a statue don't. at Ellen Road, mm. Marcelo Bielsa, who brought them up, kept them up first season, was then fired just mm. a couple of months ago. <laughs> and if they get relegated, yeah. was that the wrong decision? No, because I think you had to take the, mm. the, the gamble, Rebecca. Um, but a bit like today with Everton, you saw what that football club means to that area yesterday. 4-0 defeat. And they were getting applauded and the people were, saying, were shouting, if Leeds can do the same, if those fans can find a way to get a win against one of those big teams, we, it could all look very, very different. Just on Everton, you know Seamus Common mm. really, really well, played with him for years. So just take us inside his captaincy. What will he be doing? What kind of person is he mm. in that dressing room that they need right now? Well, he, he's come of age. You know, he was, just a, he was just a kid when he first came over from Ireland. Uh, very sheepish, uh, very meek. And that's not what we see now. Uh, we see a, 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 a captain, a strong captain who's willing to get to grips with the game. He leads the charge. He is an Evertonian. So, so some Evertonians are born there. And some are made, and he's been made into a brilliant captain for Everton Football Club. And he wears it on his sleeve every single game. The supporters, guys, nothing more of him. It feels as well like Jordan Pickford, although he's a Geordie, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, although he's from, uh, from Sunderland, actually, yeah. right? But yeah. he, uh, he also feels very much taken to the heart of uh, the Everton faithful as well. Frank, congratulations. I imagine that added time. The longest seven minutes of your managerial career? Yeah, up there. Um, seven was a bit of a surprise. I expected a few, to be fair. But um, no, difficult. Um, a team that were always going to put you under pressure in the late, latter stages of a game, considering it's 1-0. And we did brilliantly. We dug in the team, the stadium. Fans are man of the match today. Fans from the drive-in to the support, uh, which we need where we are. And uh, thanks to them. And, yeah, long seven minutes. <laughs> I bet you absolutely wanted to bottle that atmosphere at full time. And you've touched on it there. It's no exaggeration. They really have played a part in this victory, the fans. No, they're, they're in the middle of it. And um, 
I said to you before, pleased that the players can see that on the way in and what it means to the fans. They 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 know that, but to to really understand it and um, yeah, as I say, just, just thanks to them because it was a, a game where they supported us. They got behind us. They were nicely aggressive. This place needs to be a hard place to come. And to be fair, I saw our results at Goodison since I've been here before the game came up and, and we've been good here. You know, it's not the reason. We have to maintain that and we have to keep level-headed because there's a lot of points to fight for still. We're still in the relegation zone. We have the extra game, but we have to go with that same spirit as a whole every game. You say there about the importance of keeping level-headed. How well do you think your players dealt with the occasion today and the emotion? Because particularly in the first half, we saw a little bit of a melee breakout at one point. Yeah, but they have to show they care. I, I like that. You know, I don't want anything over the line, but I like they have to show you care. Good teams do that. They've done it over the ages. And um, the fans want to see that, that the players care. And they do. And they do. And um, I prodded them a bit today before the game because I thought they needed it because the situation is clear. We need to perform with that level in all our remaining games. And when you see how we perform there, you, I can ask them the question now then of, of that needs to keep coming. And if it doesn't, then there's a reason and then we have to sort that out. But what they did today is what they've done at Goodison for me, is perform with spirit and togetherness. And, and you know what? Tactical organisation. And on another day, I know Jordan made great saves and they had chances. They're Chelsea, they will do. But we had good chances there today and we played a fantastic game. Yeah, I suppose it feels a bit unfair picking out individuals, but we should mention Jordan Pickford. What an incredible performance from him. You say there about the message pre-match. It was mm. clearly loud and clear received from him. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's such a great lad and a great lad to work with. And England's number one, and that's the reason why. And when you're England's number one, it's a really tough position because everyone wants to waits to shout you down. And you saw the speed of those saves, the importance of them for us today is something that people just kind of go, oh yeah, well he should make those saves. It's not, it's top level goalkeeping. Delighted with him, delighted with every player. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Every sub that came on, amazing from us. Welcome back inside the studio. Well, as you saw Mikel Arteta there walk <laughs> off the pitch, Robbie, an exhalation, a sort yeah. of a of breath. It's a little bit like a title race, this. It's a nip yeah. and tuck, mm. but the race for fourth is whatever you do, we've got to do. And it's yeah. it's kind of exhausting to watch for all the fans, isn't it? But it is. job very well done today. Absolutely. And the pressure was on because Tottenham had won before, so you know you've, you've got to get the win if you, if you want to go back into fourth spot. That's wins against Chelsea, Manchester United, West Ham away from home. I always thought this season was going to be a season of learning for Arsenal and growing. They've done that and more. There's a maturity about the football club now. I don't think West Ham had a shot on target in the second half. There's a group mentality. There was no individual great performance today. It wasn't a tactical masterclass. It was about a group of players doing what was required to win the game. Two goals by two centre-halves was enough to win it. And I kind of there was one little bit when Eddie and Ketcher, I don't know what he said, and he obviously upset a couple of the West Ham players. And he got picked on. That happens. Eight, nine... Arsenal players came to his rescue, got around him and said he's one of ours. And there's, there's a little bit of a, of a spirit that's growing with Arsenal that's important. If they're going to be successful, if they're going to climb that gap towards those top two, that's an important element today. So that, that was a really mature performance by Arsenal. What did you like, Tim, about the Gunners today? Well, you talk about the maturity, and I think with Arsenal under Mikel Arteta, they decided to go with youth. They were always going to have these bumps and they were going to have these stutters and Prior to the last three games, they had lost three. And it's just it's up and down. Um, but as you said, there's moments, right? There's moments when Nketiah gets picked on. And there's a togetherness about the team. And I'll tell you what, what, what a season to have to learn and mature. If it's going to be a rocky road, you still have the ability to compete for Champions League. Really well done from Arsenal. I mean, we should take a moment, shouldn't we, that Arsenal, who started the season so poorly... Mm. Mikel Arteta, who's been, yeah. you know, under a huge amount of pressure on and off for the last nearly three years. No one ever thought they'd be challenging top four. He, he's matured back. I mean, it's incredible that the Manchester United look like they're not going to get there, that one of, 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 of possibly Tottenham not going to get there, and, and them to be fourth. They've won 20 Premier League games now this season. That's two more than they won last year, and they've still got games to play. They're, they've 
grown as a group. They've got an identity in what and how they play. And a bit like Liverpool this weekend, and Manchester, although they won four, didn't play that well, but found a way to get the result. Arsenal have done the same, and they deserve as much credit as, as the top two this weekend. OK, so now Arsenal back in fourth, Tottenham fifth. Mm. Both were good today. Are you still backing Arsenal to finish fourth? I am. I think most of it's going to hinge on a North London derby uh, in a couple of weeks. But, yeah, I mean, Arsenal seem to have the upper hand. They have the points in the bag. It's going to be tough for Tottenham. I went fourth because of um, Conte and the front three, who looked a bit lively today. I just think Tottenham might, might hang on. By the way, West Ham out of the top four and United tomorrow will be also eliminated from the top four unless they win against Brentford. Drop point, United tomorrow out of the top four. Let's hear from the Arsenal frontman, Eddie Nketiah. Eddie, congratulations. Big win for you guys. And look, the centre-backs doing the business, getting the goals. Yeah, man. I think, obviously, massive three points. I think everyone worked so hard to to get the win. And, yeah, it's nice, obviously, for the centre-backs to get a goal. They're buzzing with it. So, yeah, no, we're happy with the win. And whoever scores, we're always happy. There'll be some chat when they're on the WhatsApp group for Rob Holding. First Premier League goal today. And he was brilliant, wasn't he? I mean, he, so many blocks at the back. Yeah, he was he was terrific today. And, no, he deserves it, man. He works really hard in training, even when he's playing or not playing, you know. And today, it was just credit to him, you know, for, for all the hard work he's put in. And, you know, he helped us with a good goal today. Someone else as well. I mean, you need performances all over the pitch when you're at this stage of the season to get a, a really important three points. And that's saved from Ramsdale in the first half to deny Declan Rice. What about that? Yeah, top. Ram is obviously a great keeper and a great guy, you know. And yeah, we're going to need everyone. So it's brilliant to have a keeper who can you know, pull up top saves like that. And yeah, it really helped us, you know, because obviously we didn't concede a goal then. What about you personally, Eddie? How are you feeling? Because you started the last four games, you had some big chances today as well, a big part of this team in, in the run in. Yeah, no, it's nice, obviously, to be playing. That's what every player wants to do. And no, I was happy with my performance. Obviously, it's threatening. Keeper saved well a couple of times. And a bit disappointed with the one I just put wide, you know. But I thought I'd put in a good performance. And the most important thing, like you said, is to get the three points and keep winning. Everyone's talking about this race for fourth. It could be a race for third, couldn't it? With Chelsea losing earlier, only three points off third. I know, obviously, Champions League is, is a, it doesn't matter whether you finish third or fourth, but you could look up the table. Yeah, we just take it game by game, you know, and try and get the win each game, you know, and... No, we want to finish as high as possible, you know, so, yeah, game by game, we work hard each week to, to make sure we get the results, and, yeah, we're in a good position, so hopefully we can you know, keep that going. Eddie, don't tell me you didn't know the, the Tottenham score in that dressing room. Come on, be honest, what's it like when you know Spurs have done the business and you've got to go out there? Does it put that extra bit of pressure on, or what does the manager say? Because you would have all been on your phones and seen the scoreline. Yeah, of course, but I think, like we said, we focus on ourselves, and you know, we know if we win our games, then, we, you know, it's in our hands, so, yeah, obviously check the scores but the main focus was putting in a good performance today and getting the three points and I think we did that. I know you've got Leeds next but of course you expect us to build it all up and the 12th of May is going to be some day isn't it that this North London derby could be one of the biggest North London derbies in history. Yeah like I said game by game we take it we, we focus on Leeds we recover and you know, we get three points there and then we'll take the North London derby when it comes. Good man thanks Eddie. Thank you. Yeah, it's Leeds at home and then it is that North London derby that Eddie Nketiah is talking about. What a game that is going to be. Let's take you back then to East London for some post-match thoughts with Arlo and with Graham. Chaps. Thanks, Rebecca. What impressed you the most about Arsenal today? Uh, well, I just think the whole team performance. They, they worked hard for each other. I think the defensive line is working much better. Um, and those creative players, obviously, we, we talk about them in possession but I like the way they work so hard and they lock down their, their sort of defensive units um, as, as the second half went on and after they got, they got that uh, second goal. Eddie Nketiah is an interesting character, mm. isn't he? Because he hasn't had a lot of opportunities and he's come in at a vital time, which has coincided because he's contributed yeah. with some really good results. We also saw sort of the other side, the, the nasty side to his <laughs> game towards the end. What have you made of him? Yeah, I don't mind that at all. And it's, it's bizarre, isn't it? A player who's run out, out of contract in, in the summer giving everything, looking like he wants to stay and play for his shirt. And my goodness, what a good audition he's, he's given. And a problem, a nice problem mm. to take to either Arsenal to renew him or another club who are probably going to have to pay a little bit more for him now that he's uh, putting in these good performances. But he's, he's, you can see he's got that personality. You've got to have a little bit of anger as a football player if you're going to make it. Mm. And you, you've got to stand up for yourself. And he did plenty of that today. Both goals from the centre-backs. Rob Holding with his first Premier League goal in his 81st appearance. What a time to score that. But for West Ham, it's Frankfurt. And it's basically the season boiling mm. down to, to a second leg. And they trail by two goals to one. Do you fancy them over there? Uh, I do, in the sense that I think that they can play a lot better than they did in the first leg. They know exactly what they have to do. They've got the quality to do that. And I think the first half performance was, was, was comfortable. 
you know, for them. They, they, they looked like they were going to have some controlled possession. The problem they had was once Arsenal sat back and Frankfurt are going to do the same, they, they didn't look like they had a lot of creativity to try and unpick that. Now, obviously, I expect Antonio will play. You would think Suchek would start as well, um, and and they've got to they've got to work those those positions, those creative sort of tight little triangles to get space in behind and create chances. If they get an early goal, I think they'll go on and win it comfortably. Otherwise, mm. the longer that game goes without them scoring, it could get more and more frustrating. So let's then have a look at this top four race. It's tight. You've got to say Chelsea is still in the race. They haven't clinched their Champions League spot either, despite sitting third with four to play. Arsenal and Tottenham are fighting over fourth, but trying to pull Chelsea back into it. Manchester United, if they drop points tomorrow against Brentford at home, will be out of the top four race, just like West Ham United are. Let's hear from the Arsenal manager, Mikel Arteta. Well, Mikel, you said to us before the game, as long as we don't start like we did last time, what did you make the way you start the game this time? We didn't concede goals, but uh, we, we didn't play so well. So if I have to analyse the game, I would use a word that is very... that I... Like Please don't use it here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It used to win ugly. Today we won ugly. Uh, and big teams, they have to find a way to win ugly when they don't play at the best. And today with the ball, we were really poor. Um, and then we lacked, obviously, composure, dominance um, to play the game that we wanted to play. But we find our way. We find our way through set pieces, through defending extremely well, through not conceding nothing apart from the goal. And uh, to win here away from one against West Ham, it's, it's credit to the boys and uh, they show the spirit that, uh, that we have. What did you put it down to that you weren't doing the things that you wanted to? And was it character that dug you out of that situation? No, it was more individually. We weren't good. It wasn't fluent. We gave so many balls away when we had situations completely open. We kept losing the ball, so we could not join our structure. We were in big distances, and that's the game that they want to play because they were really spread out and, and, and they want to isolate you the way they play. And, uh, and then we suffered to control the match. We didn't suffer because we didn't concede chances, but uh, we suffered to concede the match. I know it's a team game, but a word for Rob Holding, what he's done, not just today, but since he's come into the side. He was great. I think he was, uh, he was man of the match. Yes. Yeah. He scored a goal uh, and his contribution overall. The whole season, when he plays, when he doesn't play, when he needs to play five minutes or a start, he's always there. And it's, uh, it's a joy of a boy to, to have around the court. You're a very young side, as you've often said, but do you think you've perhaps become a little bit more streetwise, which is crucial in games? I love that. Uh, we need that to win football matches. Um, you need that. You have to find a way. You have to play the game that is necessary to play when you are not at your best. And I think today, in, in a lot of moments, we've done that. When Jared Bowen went through and Aaron Ramsdale came herring out, how concerned were you at the moment? Well, it was from a long distance. So I could not see. I saw the reaction straight away from, uh, from the players close by saying, no, no, no. And the referee, they didn't hesitate to, to make the decision. So, thanks God. As a coach, when you win ugly, does that almost give you as much satisfaction, in a strange way, as playing really well and winning? Especially tomorrow. Today I'm still now digesting a few things that, uh, or a lot of things that we didn't do right. But um, as a team, to grow in confidence and to get continue with the momentum that we have and, and keep winning, we won against three big teams um, in a row. Um, credit to the boys and, and it gives us confidence and momentum to go forward. But it's the bottom line right now. It doesn't matter how you win. This, this race you've got for fourth place, it's just about winning. It's to about make it sustainable, we have to play much better than what we did against Chelsea and Manchester United. Uh, but today we were clinical and we were really efficient when we were attacking their box because Eddie could have scored another two. Uh, but we didn't generate the, the situations that we wanted, that's for sure. Don't forget, Arsenal haven't finished in the top four for the last five seasons, but they're best placed right now in fourth, two points clear of Tottenham. They've got West Ham, sorry, they've just played West Ham. They've got Leeds at home next. Then it's a North London derby, away at Newcastle. They finished the season at home to Everton. Who have Spurs got? They've got Liverpool this weekend at Anfield. Arsenal at home in the derby, then Burnley and Norwich away, who've already been relegated. Manchester United will be out of the top four race tomorrow if they drop points. If they don't, if they do beat Brentford, they've just got the two games in which to claw back all the points. It's very unlikely United will finish in the top four. They've got Brighton away and Crystal Palace away on the last day. Interesting there, the thoughts of Mikel Arteta. Mm -hmm. Winning ugly. Mm -hmm. It is as satisfying, isn't it, at this stage of a season? Doesn't matter how you do it, just get it done. You just get it done. I, I like hearing him say that because I think we've become accustomed to watching Arsenal play pretty football the Arsenal way, which is great, and, and they win a lot of football matches. We know playing in the Premier League, there's going to be times where you have to dig yourselves out of trouble, you have to be collective, you have to fight and scrap, 
And there's no shame in that. But we're, we're just so not used to seeing that from Arsenal. It's good to see. It's good that the manager also is admitting that that's what he wants from his teams at times. Because they've got to be flexible. They can't just yeah. play the same way and try to just be pretty all day, every you day. You always get the, the feel that, in a way, he's a bit of a purist, yeah. Nicola Tatum, and, and wants you know, control and great football. Listen, I played in the team. We won ugly, ugly every week. <laughs> that was how we won, Rebecca. And it's what they have to do, and, and I'm going back to Liverpool and Manchester City, is have different ways, have different dimensions, have different options. And today, he said it perfectly, as I said before, wasn't a brilliant game, no great individual performances, but they, they found a way with that team to win the match against a West Ham team that they're decent to play against away from home. That should give them a, um, a, a lot of, of confidence. Let's talk about Eddie Nketiah. Mm. We heard Graham and Arlo have a conversation yeah. about him. He's turned down contract. Yeah. There's still mm-hmm. a contract on the table, according yeah. to Arsenal. If mm-hmm. he wants to sign it, he can. But he wants to play. He yeah. said it in his post-match yeah. interview. He doesn't feel like he's had enough of a chance. Mm. He's now getting a run. Yeah. Is this Arsenal just giving him a run so... I mean, what's going on here? I can't quite work out why he's in the team now if he's leaving. Both parties, I think, are having a look at each other. Right. I wouldn't let this young man out of the, out of the football club. I think he's somebody who could come back and, and, and hurt you. Today, he didn't, have, he didn't quite have his finishing books on, but his movement's good, he's got pace, and he can get better. He's coachable and can get better. He's got a great track record in, in youth football and in international youth football. I just think if, if, if I'm also, I wouldn't let him out. And if I'm Eddie Nketiah, by the way, I'm not sure I believe him. I don't think he goes to a top four team. So let's just say he ends up at Southampton and Brighton and one of those teams. Doesn't play with the same quality, isn't going to get as many chances. If you can, stay at Arsenal, prove yourself, because he could fit in there. He could be a missing piece for them. Yeah, and I think, I think also, in, in particular, Mikel Ted is being very clever. He's not signed the contract. I think he's given him a run to let him know, I do value you. You're in this team. What I think happens is Lacazette leaves. They, he, he's not there in the summer. I think they somehow find a way to sign Nketia, and the lure of Champions League football is enough to bring in a top, top striker, and that's what they need. Two central defenders won this one in East London for the Gunners. Two won the final score to put Arsenal into fourth position and mathematically end West Ham's chances of a Champions League place via the league. Let's hear from the Hammers boss. Not very happy. Here's David Moyes. David, obviously not what you wanted, but what did you make of it and the way it panned out? Yeah, I thought we, we played quite well at periods in the game and uh, I think done a good job against a good team, but... Uh, Ultimately, got undone in some which we are normally very good at is defending set pieces and scoring from set pieces. But uh, you know, the team we put out today obviously lacked uh, lacked that height required in both those those parts of the game. Is that the most disappointing aspect? The fact it's two set pieces. Yeah, I don't know if you just look. Do you think holding uh, on this on the second one heads it with his arm first of all? There was a check, and it wasn't there wasn't a reason for them to overturn the decision. So apparently not. Why would you think they wouldn't overturn it? Wasn't clear to them. Uh, it just looks as if it's it hits Holden's arm. I don't think he heads it. So that would be in the same phase of play, wouldn't it? No, I think he's got to have scored the goal with his arm for it to be overturned. I think I'm right in saying. Well, interesting, yeah. See if they, they know. But after I didn't see it in the game, obviously, I only saw it when I've just looked at the goals there after. And I, it certainly doesn't head. It hits his arm. In terms of... The actual incident itself, they've looked at it and they see no reason to turn it over. No, yeah, well, no, they can get it wrong sometimes as well. Well, they've got it wrong quite a lot at times, but uh, yeah, I might be wrong. But uh, I just looked at it there and I just wondered if you, you just thought it hit his arm. One incident that's caused a lot of conversation in our studio is the Jared Bowen going through and Aaron Ramsdale coming out. What did you make of that? Well, I don't, I don't ever want my players to dive because I, I, I just don't really believe in it. I think the game's hard enough, and I don't want them to do that. I think Jarry could have easily just left his leg there and just kept trailing it to the goalkeeper. Easy. And maybe should have. Too honest? No, I don't think we, we want to put ourselves in that category, but I just think that, you know, it, was a, it wasn't a, it was a reckless challenge, no matter what. It was a reckless challenge with the goalkeeper. Uh, the only thing that went for him was that there was the, the class that has no contact. So... Uh, can't do much about it, but I think Jared could have probably kept his foot in it and then we might have had a, a different situation. As the game went on, obviously, you've got to look after players for midweek as well, then bringing them on, trying to load things up. What was the thought process there? I actually think we played better before we brought the players on, to be honest. 
but we had, we had better control of the game. We had, I think we, we tried it because I felt as if we were, were struggling to get any real attacking purpose going. I didn't think we got enough sort of balls in or threats, and I needed Mick to be a threat in the box in, the, in that period of the game. I thought we'd control pretty good possession at times and it, some good stuff, but uh, I just wanted a little bit more presence in and around the box. This game is now gone. A thoughts on Thursday? It's gone for you, but it's not gone for me. I'm the manager. I have to be the one who deals with the defeat and sort it out, so you don't get rid of it that quick. Yep, not very happy, David Moyes. Let's clear up the handball. He's talking about Rob holding on the winning goal, Robbie L, but they changed the rules, didn't yeah. they? It doesn't actually matter that he hit his hand. So if, if the rule is now, if Rob Holding had benefited and scored from the handball, then yes, quite rightly, David Moyes would, would have been right. The ball should have been ruled out. But it, it maybe accidentally hit his hand here, but it then goes to Martinelli, who crosses for Gabriel, and Gabriel scores the goal. So, unfortunately, I'm afraid that goal stands, quite rightly, and Arsenal get the win. Tim, it was really interesting, and you know David Moyes better than anybody, <laughs> when he said, I don't want my players to die, yeah. but I do think Gerard Bone should have left a leg and maybe <laughs> gone down. Well, <laughs> he, he, he's genuine when he says he doesn't, he doesn't like cheaters, he doesn't want his players diving, he doesn't want to be a manager known to, to have a team of dive. For me, 100%, if the goalkeeper comes 40 yards out of his goal and comes sliding on the wet turf recklessly... Jared Bowen should have absolutely left a leg. Think about the difference. He doesn't leave a leg. It's a challenge, so he tries to jump over it. He gets booked. If he goes down under the challenge and leaves a leg, you probably get the goalkeeper sent off. He might have even gone to win the game, so I'm all for it. Not in a good mood no. because West Ham no. obviously out the top four race and they were in it for <laughs> so long this yeah. season. And they're behind in the Europa League yeah. semi-final. They've got to go to Frankfurt on Thursday and turn it around, Robbie. So he's not happy. No, the last couple of games haven't worked for him. And David Moyes go is old school and he goes with a way that I'll play, if you fit, I'll play and then I'll worry about the next game after. It, it kind of backfired today because they haven't got the three points. But now he's got to get a positive head on. They've got to go into Thursday. And if they get an early goal, we've seen it in Europe this, this season. They've been outstanding. Um, so, it's, you know, pull it back together. Get over your disappointment and let's get this team ready for a European second leg. Having interviewed him a few times, quite a number of times, when he's in a mood like that, it's not very pleasant. <laughs> Tell us what he's like in a mood like that in the dressing room. What's he going to be like right now in that West Ham dressing room? Um, you know, he, he, said, he said there to, to Jeff... He doesn't go that quickly for him. He's to, he will carry that for the next few days. It's going to be miserable for the players. It'll be miserable for him. But that's the way he motivates. <laughs> is but he the same on TV there as he is in the dressing room? Yeah, absolutely. Or is he a different yeah, person? Absolutely. He, yeah, he'll, he'll be very, very difficult with the players. But it, it's, it's always a ploy. So he wants his teams to be angry at him or angry at the result. But either way, he wants a response. And so hopefully he'll get a response on Thursday. Yeah, he's got some time. He's got a few days to get him revved up. Yeah, what a night it was for Mata. First start this season. Stayed for most of the game. Assisted Ronaldo in what was nearly a goal just at the end of first half, but disallowed by VAR offside. Looks like, uh, Robbie, they're beginning mm -hmm. that uh, appreciation lap. It's nice to see Mata with a big smile. It's been great to see his relationship with Ronaldo this evening yeah. at Old Trafford. It's been a great night. Well, you, you hit a point there. It's nice to see Mata with a smile. It's nice to see smiles around Old Trafford, Cara. That hasn't been the case for, for some of the season. And I go back to the first game when they played at home. They won against Leeds 5-1. The last game they've beaten Brentford pretty comprehensively 3-0. And this is what Manchester United can be. This is what it, how it used to be, that you go to the... To, Old Trafford, the fans were focused on the football, nothing else. The mm. players were good, um, good without the ball, hard to play against when they didn't have the ball, had goal scorers, had star players who all worked hard, who all were committed to the cause. That was a kind of complete performance. And if I'm Eric Ten Hag, it starts to give me hope that these things I can do at this football club and we can move forward quickly. Ronaldo looked a little bit emotional at times tonight. Mm. He had been criticised previously, Tim, for some individual performances. It felt much more of a united team tonight. Well, it did, and I've never been in a camp of the people who say Ronaldo can't still do it or can't be the focal point for Ten Hag. I mean, you just watch these performances. I don't care how old he is. This is a, this is a player who is committed, uh, you know, he scores goals, he works. He does all the things that a coach could hope for. Why, why wouldn't he be? And I, and I tell you what, the scenes at Old Trafford are brilliant. This is what you've come to expect from Manchester United. And I know we talked about the protests and all the rest of it. 
the most important thing is the performance on the pitch. And that's why some of the fans have been upset. Tonight was a glimpse into what could possibly be to come under Ten Hag. Yeah, you mentioned Eric Ten Hag likely watching, or definitely watching, you would expect. Of course, the incoming manager will take over the club this summer. Ralph Rangnick will move to the Austrian job, but will still play a consultancy role. Ronaldo, a fan favourite. And those are the signs we like to see. I love United. Mm -hmm. A positive mm -hmm. evening. Uh, yes, it's still very unlikely, guys, that they will get into the top four. But it's still not game over yet. There are still another two games this season. How do you reset after the joy of tonight going yeah. into the, the, the two remaining away games this season? Um, important that they have the right focus and attention. Tonight was, was one that was interesting. Like, what are we going to get from Manchester United? Well, we, we actually got a performance. We got levels of concentration. We got accountability. We got hard work. Those things have to be a given at this Manchester United. Habits have to change. A culture has to change around the football club if they're going to get back to where they want to be, and that's challenging at the very top uh, of English football. Um, but over this season, Cora, we've sat here and we criticised Manchester United, and I think quite rightly at times for things that have happened on the pitch, stuff that's happening off the pitch. But tonight was a night to celebrate what Manchester United are and who they are and what they can get back to being. It's not going to be easy. It's no quick fix. That's a one win against Brentford. But there are still some good elements of this football club that in the right structure, with the right support, Manchester United can get back to challenging in English football. How much do you think this United team, Tim, might change this summer? A lot. I do. I think, I think we'll see, as much as you say, players are playing for places. We'll see a lot of movement out the door. Robbie, you talk about culture. I, I agree with that. I think when I look at the best teams, we know it's, uh, I'm going to say Liverpool and Manchester City. I oftentimes believe if Jurgen Klopp's car broke down or Pep Guardiola's car broke down and didn't turn up to the stadium, the team would perform the same way. The captain, the leader, picked the team, they'd go out there, they'd warm up and they'd perform. That's about culture. That's about leadership. Manchester United don't quite have that with this group of players. They had it in the past. That's the, what they're trying to get to. You talk about the next two games. I think they're playing more freely. I think they're playing without the pressure of having to try and get into the top four. Um, I think we'll see those performances. They were carefree. They were fun. There was a lot of smiles. Some really good football being played. And it's a good way to end the season. We've already touched on Ronaldo, yeah. Robbie. But let's just look yeah. at him in a bit more, more detail. Yeah. He's such well, a team leader and he had some, some highlights, many of them tonight. You can't keep this guy out the headlines. And people keep saying, well... Is Ronaldo going to be part of the future? 18 Premier League goals he scored. 14 of those have come at Old Trafford. Nobody scored more goals at home in the Premier League than Ronaldo. We saw other sides to his game, the bits that people say, well, he doesn't chase the ball down, he doesn't close down. There's more to him than, than we saw. And it, and it was an interesting day for, for such a great player. We saw some really good combination play around the 18-yard box. Juan Mata, Ilanga, Bruno Fernandes, the kind of things we expect from teams in red. This is Cristiano Ronaldo running back 50 yards and winning a tackle. People say, oh, he's no good when you haven't got the ball. I've seen in the last couple of games he is. He gets himself what he thinks is a goal and look, it's, it's, it's detailed, but this is a guy who's a perfectionist. He wants to score a goal. He's still going with the referee at half-time. His drive and hunger to get goals is important in a team. That's not just something you, you pick up. That's a lesson that the Elangas, that Rashfords, that Sancho should be learning from, a top-class professional who's hungry for every goals and the details are important and it's no surprise that he gets his goals here he kind of was physical with the player on the outside then knows that the guy's going to come back for him he does he gets his penalty kick there's absolutely no doubt he was missing it and that's 18 premier league goals and i think if i'm eric ten hog and eric ten hog is a smart coach cristiano ronaldo is part of your future is he is he a captain uh, he's captain material but i i agree with you he's part of the future because if ten hog goes in there and he has let's say, a three-, four-year plan. Mm -hmm. Cristiano Ronaldo can be part of that plan for mm -hmm. 18 months, two years. He doesn't have to be, mm -hmm. he doesn't have to play into his 40s. I mean, he's going to set a culture because he knows the culture. He's been there. He's won titles at Manchester United. He'll get Eric Ten Hag 20 goals next year. And what manager doesn't want that? Let me also tell you as well, and I've played with, with centre forwards and, and Tim was a goalkeeper, but you've got a striker who can score the amount of goals he scores. Mm -hmm. I tell him when we're in the dressing room, just keep scoring your goals. 
I'll do your running for mm-hmm. you. I'll tackle. I'll do all those things because I can't do what he can do. I can't score those goals and get those crosses and get those headers. So a team who appreciate him, a team who adjust to have a little bit of if some of the deficiencies that you've got with a 37-year-old player, but somebody who can find you the back in there is golden in this mm-hmm. game. And that's a good teammate. He set the tone tonight. You know, he nearly scored, didn't he, in the third minute. Was just unable to convert, but the mm-hmm. first goal ultimately came from Bruno Fernandes in the ninth minute. They got things going. Let's get his reaction post-match. Bruno, well done. Just how welcome a result was this tonight? Oh, obviously, uh, last game of the season at home. We we want to give a, a good result, a good performance. We know that uh, our standard uh, has not been at the same that everyone has expect, and our, our expectations was bigger than this. But uh, obviously, last game of the season, we finished well at home. Uh, now we have more games to go, so. F- Focus on that once. How much was that in everyone's focus tonight after the last few weeks and after the season generally? You needed to give the fans something positive tonight. Oh, we, we know that we always have to give something. Um, as I said last week, uh, they have been amazing supporting us. Uh, we know that, as I said before, our seniors have not been uh, at the level that should be. Uh, but there is nothing that we can do now. Uh, just finish, finish in the best way possible, win games, and um, and, and after thinking in, in the next season. Congratulations on your goal, your 50th for Manchester United. You've had to wait for it, though, haven't you? Yeah, it's a long time that I didn't score. So uh, obviously, I'm I'm really happy, but that numbers don't don't really count for me. I want to to get numbers with trophies and, and not with goals. Excellent move for the goal. Excellent assist from Anthony Langer. What future do you feel he has at this club? How good a prospect is he, in your opinion? Oh, if, if he still, if, if he keeps working the way he works, if he keeps the head that he has, that he has, uh, is being a good kid. He's, he's one of that that wants to learn. He, he listens to everyone. He tries to improve every training. Uh, he's, he has a lot to improve yet because we know how his, his potential is big. Uh, it's today, I, obviously, after the goal, I went straight to him because he did what we trained, the run behind, and after, obviously, a perfect cross, and I finished I finish well, so was, uh, I want to congratulate him for, for that assist straight away. Brentford did give you one or two things to think about tonight, didn't they? How pivotal do you feel the penalty was in the end? No, I think we, we control all game. Uh, we get we had we had our chances. Uh, we could we could have have scored more goals. Uh, the offside with Cristiano was really tight. So I think at at the end we controlled the game. Obviously we knew it that Brentford is a, is a good team. They they play well. But and anyway, I think today we controlled the game from the beginning until the end. Big summer of change ahead for Manchester United. You're going to be very much part of the future. What are you, what are your thoughts? What are your feelings about the future for this club at the moment? Oh, my my feelings, as I said when I. I didn't get my new contract. As I feel that the club has to be back and will be back uh, at the level that he deserves, and uh, I think I can be part of that. I think I can help the team, the team and the club to be as successful as I want. So that's why I'm I'm still here and I want to be here. How much are you looking forward to having the new management come in and bring their ideas? I uh, know I'm for, I'm looking forward for the next game. I want to think uh, step by step, game by game. Uh, and after we'll have time to, to meet the new coach and, uh, and the, new, the new way to play or the way he wants to play. So uh, I think we'll, we'll have time for that. Now we have to finish the season well because, as I said before, the standard was not at the level that should be. And so we have to finish at the best way possible. Bruno, appreciate your time. Thank you very much. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings, weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. Bye for now. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.